Welcome back to the PCS Podcast, your home for all things competitive Pokemon TCG. In this episode, Jess and I are going to share our thoughts on the new suggested meta. We picked some notable cards from Scarlet Violet base set to talk about in depth, and then we're going to talk about some notable cards from the full release of Clayburst and Snow Hazard. We're going to answer a quick listener question and then give our predictions for EUIC. I am your host, Drew, and with me today is Justin. Justin, how are you doing? I'm not going to lie, Drew, I am a little tired. Um, Like we talked about last week, I know I always talk about work's crazy, but um, just another crazy break our records weekend, um, which is great, but just keep me busy. Had a little over 12-hour day today, and then just follow suit tomorrow and the next day, so keeping busy. So Pokemon hasn't been on the forefront for me lately, unfortunately, but I did get to play a little Pokemon this weekend. Um, I went to a somewhat new shop to me and played pre-rotation, but just a little three-round tournament, came in third, um, and just had a little fun, you know, getting back to playing some Pokemon after how crazy I've been. Um, Other than that, good, family's good, baby's good, just chilling. How are you, Drew? I'm good, but I wanted to talk to you about <coughs> your pre-rotation list, or not list, but your uh, your tournament is for a second. So it's pre-rotation. Does that mean you played Reggie's? I did, yeah. That's, that's literally the only <laughs> deck I have built still right now, because I'm like, it's cheap, half the cards are rotating, so I don't need them for other decks. So yeah, just, just played Reggie's again. Yeah, and then we played a little bit on webcam this week too, which was really fun. Uh, we had a couple of our Discord members come in as well, and I know that uh, Aaron was trying out his Reggie Drago and stuff like that, so uh, it was cool. I think that the webcam community is just going to pick up a little bit of steam here, and that's been a really good time. Um, I got a haircut, and I look like a completely different person now, uh, but other than that, I've just been playing some cards. I went to Locals last week and played Coridon EX, which was fun. It's an interesting deck. It just feels like you're purposefully putting yourself a step behind, but then once you get energy on the field, it starts moving, which is cool. But the amount of times you get burned by being at turn behind against things that are tried and true and very good, like Mew, and you're eternally weak to Psychic, uh, feels really bad. So uh, there's still a lot of work to be done with a deck like that, but I and I don't really see it breaking anything result, uh, revolving around the meta. Uh, in the near future yet there's obviously things that could change that um other than that just webcam games with you working and here we are recording the podcast uh but that seems like good enough time as any to transition into our tier lists that we made for the new suggested meta i sent a link to justin to have him kind of fill out where he thinks some transitioning decks that are losing a lot of stuff are going to find their way into the next format the new meta the new standard if you will and ours differentiate in some ways but first we'll kind of look at mine Uh, obviously Justin I'm going to ask you questions about why uh, you think I put things in specific areas Uh, when it comes to tier one though I have Mew and then I have what I'm considering the basics Mirage Gate Lost Box think that there's just a lot of utility mirage gates not limited to accelerating two v's which means you can power up a lot of different attackers and i think that those two are very 
strong. Do you have any counterpoints on my two picks? No, I don't think so whatsoever. I, uh, I, I mean, once we get to my tier list, we'll talk about it as well. I kind of put a lot of the Mirage Gate Lost Box decks pretty high up as well because I, I agree. I just think Mirage Gate's a really strong card, being able to charge up whatever you really want if, as long as you got the energy in deck. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Right, and then in tier 1.5, I have the new single-strike flavored Lugia. I have uh, the lost Giratina list. I have the uh, lost zone toolbox featuring Kyogre for the late-game snipes and stuff like that. Um, Really streamlines a lot of Sableye plays to get the Manaphys off the field and just clean house at the end of the game. Lost Gudra, I feel like, loses the least amount to stay as relevant as it is, and I think that that's going to prove very problematic for a lot of decks in the future. Just being able to hit those numbers, heal itself, take a lot less damage, It's it just seems pretty good. In tier 1.5, I also feature Gardevoir, and specifically the Mewtwo V Union variant. It becomes very hard to deal with when you have something that can't be deleted off the field because of its ability with things like uh, Sableye and Giratina V-Star having to really take advantage of their attacks that have um, effects. It makes it really difficult for something like Mewtwo V Union to go down, so that's kind of my thoughts on that deck. The other variants of Gardevoir may be a little weaker than the Mewtwo V Union variant as of right now. I also have the Arceus Giratina. I think that Radiant Gardevoir and V Guard Energy are just such a powerful combo right now. And this deck giving you access to everything plus an attacker that can hit for 280 and you just discard a double turbo energy to fulfill its attack just seems extremely good. And then last in tier 1.5, I have Sablezard. You know, really good attacking basics in the form of uh, Sableye and Radiant Charizard. Clara will let you rotate that attack as often as you need. Once you have 10 cards in the Lost Zone, you can really do whatever you want. Any rebuttals to my tier 1.5? No, I uh, I actually completely agree. I do think the Mewtwo V Union uh, Gardevoir list is a superior list. Um, so I also put my Gardevoir higher up because of that list specifically. Um Again, all the Lost Box variants. Um, Sablezard as well is pretty strong. And I agree. I think with Arceus and Giratina, um, you know, the meta slowing down just a hair, um, it makes for a really good combo in Arceus being able to grab things you want or being able to delete something off the board with Giratina's V-Star attack, depending on what you need. So, yeah, I do agree that that is a very strong deck going forward. Um, But, no, I I do like your placement of everything. Uh, Me, personally, I put the Lugia in Tier 1 still as well, versus 1.5, just because I I do think Lugia is still very, very strong. I know it loses a couple search cards, but, um, I mean, obviously, the difference between 1 and 1.5 isn't very much, so we were kind of in the same ballpark range there. Yeah, I... As much as I want to put Lugia in Tier 1, I just think it loses a step relying on things like Capturing Aroma, Mezagoza to really get the deck cooking as hot as it used to. Um, it's just different. Obviously, the format's going to slow down just a little bit with Scoop Up Net leaving and uh, a couple of really good basics leaving. But I also think that Raikou is just too easy to set up in too many decks right now. So that's what puts Lugia back uh, just a little bit for me because if you're consistently getting knocked out you can never put the archaeops in play and archaeops is what makes that deck strong so until they find a way around that i really think that lugia just hasn't secured a bdif spot for me 
quite yet. Uh, tier 2. This one's full of a lot of beat stick decks for me, and I think that that's going to be important to have decks that set up very fast, deal a lot of damage, and don't necessarily give up a ton of prizes. And as I say that, I'm going to mention that Shadow Rider Calyrex is in that uh, first slot for me. It deals a lot of damage. It ramps every turn. You draw cards. It's hindered by only Path to the Peak in some instances, but it still has an attack that prevents your opponent from putting down path or a special energy for one psychic energy so i think that that is still very good um, the next one i have is the new inteleon urshifu list if you can fit cheryl's into the deck i think it stands a chance but you're putting a lot of three pies pokemon into play which give it a big disadvantage in a format like this that are going to give up single prize or now two prize ex's that hit like an absolute brick but other than that being able to spread a bunch of damage, hit really hard with Urshifu, spread more damage. It seems like a really good combo. Next is going to be Darkrai. Darkrai gains very few things and loses absolutely nothing for the most part. Dark Patch is still in format. Um, the ball search is still just as good as it used to be. Yes, being able to get Dark Energy with things like Quick Ball on top of Ultra Ball was very good, but I think Radiant Greninja will definitely help you in those instances. Um, next is going to be Palkia Ice Rider. Um, Ice Rider hits very hard. There are so few steel like attackers in this format other than like Baby Zam. And I think that this deck just hits the perfect numbers that you need. Next is going to be the Palkia with the Gardevoir Refinement Curlia engine featuring the Celebrations uh, Kyogre for the late game Snipe. You can still utilize Greninja for the 90-90 with the Moonlight Shuriken. It's just a really good deck. Yes, lightning attackers are everywhere right now, but I still think that there's a world where this deck just kind of takes takes advantage of a lot of things. Um, next is going to be Mirrodon EX. I played a lot of this deck. It hits like it's brick. You really can't stop it. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's limited by its ab ability to soften up things on the bench. There are ways to play it now with the Magnezone V-Star that really help you clean up those numbers. And the Electricity Generator is just a really get lucky or don't get lucky card and i think that that's really cool um <coughs> excuse me then i have zoroark v star zoroark is just very very good at hitting the things in the active and that's basically all there is to it i think that beat stick decks do have a place in the format right now but that deck is definitely limited in terms of i don't know just diverse attackers and then next is going to be the rcs gudra we love Arceus Gudra. It does lose Hyper Potion, but I don't think that that means a whole lot. There's a card we'll talk about in the future that's being played in that deck now that I think is going to shift the way that uh, tank and heal decks go uh, look going forward. And then last is just Arceus decks in general. Hitting for 200, accelerating energy. Sharon's Care still exists. I think that that is a really good deck. Do you have any thoughts on my Tier 2? Um... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to what I put in Tier 2 as well. A few differences. Um, I had Darkrai a little bit lower. I mean, in theory, it, the deck feels like it should just work like crazy. Um, crazy well. We thought that when the card was coming out, and it's just kind of always been a little little lackluster. Um, I did have Hisui and Zoroark a lot lower in my tier list, just because since... Um, it is only really relying on the, you know, the four double turbos. I know there are the Melanie builds and things like that, but just from previous, um, you know, there's a local who was a diehard of this deck, um, and just 
kind of the flop it had a lot of the times, um, whiffing things. Maybe with the format slowing down, maybe I should revisit you know that deck, and maybe it will actually have a lot more power to it with those Melanie builds. But just from my previous experiences, granted, like I said, in an old, older format, um, I feel like it's a lot lower tier for me personally. Um, other than that, um, I do like the idea of all the the RCS decks in this category, um, and I, gr- I do agree with the um, Inteleon Urshifu VMAX that it's a good deck, it's really cool, but I think, like you said, with so many 3-prizers, Electric and Psychic kind of running rampant, um, it does hinder it from being a little bit higher up, um, unfortunately for myself. Yeah, um, and Tier 2, like does have a significant separation from tier po- tier 1.5 in my opinion not that these decks can't win anything because i am a huge fan of miradon i might already be on the uh uh the train of taking miradon to portland personally just my repetition and experience alone makes me feel like i'm very confident with it but that doesn't necessarily mean the deck is good because i did play leafy onto a regional one time so there's that <laughs> i did actually have i will say miradon i had a little higher up on my list um i know a lot of people are wishy-washy on it um as far as the twitterverse goes i do think it has really good potential to just get swinging right out the gates um but you're you're more of the expert on it you've been playing it a lot um and so if you've got a little lower i actually trust your judgment a lot more than mine on this and and again, if it's if it's low on my list, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means it might be missing something that we might get in a next set or two. Uh, tier two point five. I'll go through this one just a little bit quicker. I have Arcdura. Yes, it has a special energy caveat. But what did we lose with the rotation? A bunch of special energy. So there's very few things that'll actually be swinging into Duraludon and getting negated by the Skyscraper ability. And the decks that will be playing Special Energy use Path, and that feels bad. So (laughs) there's that. Uh, 2.5, I have the Item Lock Banet EX. Item Lock's good, but it was better when you didn't have to evolve it. Um, The Shuppet that it evolved from has a Coin Flip Item Lock, which I think is really good. A lot of these new Lost Box decks need to pack a bunch of Switch cards to be able to do what they do best. But I think that Bennett hits good numbers now. It will hit better numbers when the new like training facility stadium comes out that buffs stage one Pokemon by 10 damage. Um, but as of right now, I think it stays 2.5 for me. In the same um, tier, I have the Lunatone Solrock. Yes, this deck is kind of meme but you can also play it with Gardevoir EX and just throw a bunch of single prizers into the active in the form of lunatone soul rock which we know um just hit really good numbers in general so there's always that sneaky factor and giving up one prize at a time is always pretty sick uh straight palkia probably with like the bieber l melanie engine uh is going to stay in 2.5 for me as well and then corridon with the great tusk and the arcanine v i have in tier 2.5 it's sneaky it hits really really hard but it's eternally weak to psychic and there's just too many things that can capitalize on a deck as slow as that one. In the same tier, I have Oinkalone EX. I want this deck to work so bad, but it just doesn't hit hard enough numbers. It punishes people for benching a lot of Pokemon, but still only hits like maybe 170, like topped out. And that feels really bad. Yes, you're two-shotting everything, but you also have to take into consideration you have to Cheryl or Sharon's Care 
every single turn and that means you're drawing so few cards uh but there's different builds to it and i think that it has some dimension and a lot of space to work because it is colorless uh but it's just not quite there yet for me um next is the ampharos ex uh you can really only play it with the flaffy engine uh it hits really hard it has 340 hp which is sick but it's not quite as appetizing as uh mirrodon in terms of lightning attackers and then just straight flaffy box flaffy box lost a couple things scoop up net being one of them which was really really good for that deck um but there's still really good lightning attackers in the format like the uh Regieleckis and uh, Raichu and stuff like that. So it didn't lose too much in terms of attacking versatility, but I think the way the deck is going to maneuver around is going to be just a little um, off one or two turns. Yeah. Um, I So looking at your list, I put um, Item Lock with a Bayonet lower on mine. Um, I, I agree. Just the fact you have to evolve it, it's not doing as much damage. Um, and now the fact that... Uh, tools and items are technically considered different um, you know it, it kind of makes item lock unfortunately a little bit weaker um, I had Palkia higher up on my list again that was um, I, I think just Palkia has always been a really strong deck the only thing I didn't think about when I was making my list is the fact that Mirrodon exists um, which will also put that a lot further down um, Oinkalone I had a half a tier higher but that's Hopium for me, same thing of trying to make it work well. Um, and then, yeah, I had Flaffy Box um, a lot lower, but that's also just because um, the previous iterations of Flaffy Box, it did lose a lot of stuff like the Paralyzing, uh, Zekrom, and things like that. So um, I had that from past experiences lower. But um, yeah, I mean, pretty similar overall to what your tier list is. Um, I had I had Arc Duraludon in the exact same tier list. Uh, like you said, it's... Still really strong, but the fact that there's not a lot of special energies in play right now um, just, I mean, makes it a lot less strong because it doesn't have anything to directly counter. Right, and, you know, it was good when people were playing Miltank, but now there's so much EX in the format, and Miltank doesn't negate EX Pokemon, so I don't think that there's going to be a world where you need to shred through too much until things like Mimikyu come out. Uh, tier 3, Magnazone X, another deck that does really well with like a Cheryl, Flaffy type engine. Uh, it just, stage 2 doesn't evolve from anything very worthwhile. Um, I could see it capitalizing on a lot of Arceus decks because it hits 50 times the amount of energy your opponent has in play. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, tier 3, Eveltal, Spideops EX Control, Spideops being able to lock things in the active while... Um, Eveltal and other good control cards just limit the resources that you have access to I think is going to be um, very strong in the future uh, well, obviously we haven't seen Sander play anything new yet so tier 3 is where it's going to sit for me next is going to be Sylveon Sylveon's a big question mark for me it hits great numbers uh, it's very tanky it has good HP, weak to steel um, but I think the best way to play it is with Rapid Strike and I think when you put a bunch of other Rapid Strike two or three prizes in play it's not going to see as much success as it would um in a different build so uh sylveon's still a question mark for me uh rotom v star i have to assume that this one is the attacking rotom 
tools are separate from items now so pokestop can put the tools into your hand and i think that that kind of like kind of no it makes the so the items go to your hand the tools go to the discard pile and i think that that's a huge leg up for rotop v-star but simultaneously putting up a two prizer hits big numbers but only hits the active and i think that that's something that it's missing um is like spread and bench damage just like mirrored on um, next is going to be Gengar. If it's a single strike build, again, like Coridon EX, you're just a turn behind, but you can still hit really good numbers. And then we have Spite Ops and Leafeon. I want this deck to work. I'm a big Leafeon fan. Uh, but at the same time, I think that you're putting a lot of multi-prizer Pokemon in play, and Radiant Charizard fits in a lot of decks right now. And then to finish up Tier 3, I have Zorobox. There's a lot of good stage one Pokemon. It can switch into EXs now, which is cool. I've been playing Zorobox with Toxicroak EX, but losing twin energy kind of sucks at the same time. So uh, Zorobox is just a question mark for me there. Justin, what do you think about tier three? Yeah, um, first thing right off the bat is I actually have Sylveon um, quite a bit higher on my list, but that's also because I was literally theory crafting this randomly earlier last week uh, while at work with my testing group. I was sent a message and I was like, hey guys, what, do, what about Sylveon? Because right now um, I felt like the issue with Sylveon in the past was um, the fact that it was a little bit slower of a deck, but it had a good core to it. Um, and I think right now that that uh, deck paired with Arceus, which we kind of saw at a certain point in the format, might actually be pretty good because you're accelerating those energies with Arceus as well as you can kind of just build up different attackers on your bench like the Urshifus, like a Dark Attacker, like Moltres, um, things like that. So you've got lots of type coverage as well as hitting some interesting numbers. So I had that a little higher on my list um, personally. Uh, same thing with Rotom. Um, I, I'm in the same boat with you on that. I kind of don't really see um, that being too great in this meta, so I had mine lower in, lower in that tier as well. Um, and then, yeah, the, just the... I pretty much had things in the same spot you did, uh, other than the Sylveon. Um, I kind of had the Spite Ops decks a little bit higher, um, just because I think that card's very interesting, and I think that it could have some good potential... Um, since there are a lot less things like there's no scoop up nets granted people are playing escape ropes and um all that but i do think it hits really good numbers when you're swinging into those two and three prize decks um so i had those a hair higher because i think they could work right now but um overall yeah i i kind of agree that that's not a horrible place for all those decks gengar is really cool people's favorite pokemon but yeah again i just feel like like you said you're just would be a turn behind um with that deck so um yeah pretty similar to mine yeah and then tier four i have single striker shifu i'm assuming this is going to be the single strike package so it gets a little better with lugia but as the single strike putting in the hound dooms putting damage counters on yourself seems like a bad time and then i also have palkia kiram different from palkia ice rider kiram takes a little bit more to set up Palkia Ice Rider can maneuver around path very well because it doesn't need an ability to accelerate energy onto itself. Um, I think that you commit too much to an attacker that's just supposed to blow up a lot of big things where I think now you don't need to hit that high of numbers. You just need to have deck versatility. And I think something like this that has a 
whopping three retreat costs, not very mobile. Yes, it's weak to steel, like Ice Rider, but I think that the merit in Ice Rider is being able to attach Melanie, hit 250, where this one you attach Melanie, and you still can't attack until you get that third energy on you at the very least, and then you need to discard it. And then tier 5, I have the Rapid Strike Lugia build. There's just nothing that rotates Rapid Strike energy back into the deck. So you need to throw all your guns out at once and then hope that you chase everything off of the board very easily. But if your opponent plays two Manaphy, this deck is dead. And then I have Arcanine EX. It's a very honorable mention. Just doesn't have enough going for it right now. I've seen the builds that feature the Delphox V that give you the 120-120 snipe and you lost them some energy, but other than that, it's too straightforward and just not enough deck versatility to really capitalize on a lot in the meta. I'd love to be proven wrong. It looks like a really good card at face, but to me, it's just very lackluster. Yeah, um, obviously my tier list when we get to it, I actually didn't even put a tier 4 and 5. I kind of just grouped them together in a like, less tiers but um i actually had the palkia kiram a little higher on my list where you uh whereas you had the palkia ice rider higher um i don't i i do agree that it is a little bit harder to move maneuver around and things like that but the fact that you can um hit bigger numbers like larger numbers than you could with ice rider i like that ability more so you could still take out v max you know knock out v maxes as well as the smaller stuff like with just discarding one energy you are right it is kind of hard to recover those energies and consistently hit those energies at the moment so um taking that in consideration maybe i would knock my tier list down or knock it down on my tier list a little bit more um but then yeah arcanine i had in the exact same very bottom tier cool pokemon tons of people love it um unfortunately i just don't think the deck is quite there yet um yeah so pretty similar there right on and that wraps up my tier list hope i didn't offend anybody uh should be told if you're on the tier list as your favorite deck regardless it still means that you might crack the meta in some way shape or form if i didn't talk about your deck i am sorry i did get this tier maker from celio's network so uh yeah there's that and then justin let's uh go over your list yeah. if you want to give some explanations and stuff i know we talked about yours versus mine a little bit but Go ahead and run it through. Yeah, I'm, I'll just do a quick run through on mine. And I, I want to put the caveat out there that um, with me being so busy lately, I have not had a chance to hardly test anything. So some of my predictions might be wildly inaccurate, but this is just based on looking at random lists and stuff like that. Um, and then also without there being really any results other than a couple online tournaments, which I haven't even been able to go over and scan any lists. This is what I just put by quick glances at stuff. So, like I said, I could be completely wrong on this. Um, so, in Tier 1, I had Mew VMAX, uh, Lost Giratina, Lost Gudra, and Arce or, uh, not Arce sorry, uh, Lugia. Um, so, the reason why I put those, we kind of talked about Mew barely loses anything. I think Lost Giratina is going to be really strong. It's already kind of proven itself to do pretty decently. The fact that you can delete something off the board and you have the Mirage Gates... Kind of keeps it really strong for me. Same thing with the Lost Gudra. I think that you know being able to barrage gate to that, it doesn't lose too much, um, and you're reducing damage in between turns makes it really strong as well. And then Lugia, of course, is Lugia. Um, lost a lot, but then people 
randomly, or not randomly, of course, right out the gates, figured out how to make it work, and it's still pretty strong. Um, so that's my tier one. Drew, thoughts? Um, pretty spot on. The only disagreement I have is the uh, the Gudra. Um, I think it's really good. I think the Lost variant is definitely very strong. It loses so little. I just don't think it has enough firepower to really make it that um, that argument that it can compete as a top deck. But I think as like the next best deck, it definitely suits its needs for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that a hundred percent too. Um, all right, next up in the one point five tier, um, I put a lot of Arceus flavored things, but Arc Gudra, Arc Tina, and then regular Arceus. Um, I just think with the meta slowing down a little bit, Arceus has really good potential. I mean, like we talked about, accelerating three energies and hitting for anywhere from one eighty to two hundred. It's just really really strong um in any of those decks and variants um you know and we still have dunsparce in the format so if you're worried about fighting you just throw the dunsparce down and you're good to go um and then also sharon's care being able to pick those up if they are damaged just really really good um palkia i have in 1.5 as well um as well as mirrodon um like i said with palkia this is before obviously even remembering mirrodon even though they're next to each other on my list um Palkia, I still think it's always been good the way it's got the V-Star ability to accelerate energies. It does lose the Inteleon engine, but the Barrel engine's very strong. Um, and then just, we're playing with such wide benches. Anything that does damage based on how many Pokemon on the bench, I think is pretty good, especially since this Palkia itself counts your own Pokemon, so you're able to do more damage than things like Oink alone, where it's only on your uh, opponent's bench. Um, then of course Mirrodon, like I said, I think it's really good, especially when it pops off. Um, then next up we have Sylveon VMAX, um, and like I said, I paired that with Arceus and my reason for putting it there, because accelerating the energies and just the factory will search things out. Um, the V has the ability to be able to search any card and end your turn, so if you're going first, um, you know, I just think that's really good. And then of course we've got a couple Lost Box variants, um, the Lost Zamazenta and then Lost Kyogre. Um, I think those are both very strong as well. Um, I just think uh, putting those in 1.5 over 1 just because, um, I don't know, I feel like they're a little weaker, especially with losing um, things like Ordinary Rod. Yeah, Ordinary Rod's a big hit, but I do I think 1.5 is still very solid uh, for something like Zamazenta and Kyogre, both of them being Heavy Mirage Gate, Lost Zone, Variety Boxes, Streamlining things like Raikou, Drapion, Skysil Stone, uh, I think that is it's a huge leg up on decks like these. I think that the whole reason why Gudra and Giratina are just considered such good decks is because they don't have a weakness that you can really capitalize on the V or V Star to take those extra prizes. And I think 1.5 is a, honestly a better spot for the Mirage Gate Lost Zone decks. I just have to assume that that like turbo dragonite and i know kevin clemente from lake lake of rage is pushing the uh the forest seal stone and pidgeot to use the v-star power grab that extra switching card or colrus or whatever you need and then shuffle its way back into the deck um i think that that's a really good additive and i think that that just makes lost zone mirage gate very very good um you know if it's not threatening that turn one cram it's threatening the turn one dragonite so um I think 1.5 is a very solid place for those to be. 
uh, go ahead. Yeah, in tier two, um, I have the Gardevoir. Like you said, in mind, I have uh, the Mewtwo v Union, v Union build. I just think that's the superior build. Although I still think Gardevoir has, at the moment has some inherent flaws and can be hashed out. Um, I also put Magnezone. I think I actually meant to put this a little lower um, in a lower tier, but it ended up there. Um, cool card, cool attack. It's okay, <laughs> to say the least. Um, Oinkalone, um, like I said, I have Hopium for this deck. It's the, the first deck I built and proxied out um, just because the Sharon's Care Loop and things like that. But in testing, it has proven itself not to be as strong as I originally would hope, so that's why it's in 2 and not 1.5. And I could even argue to potentially put it in 2.5, um, but we have yet to see um, you know, where that will land after a couple events. Um, I did have Spidops with the uh, Evetel, um in there, as well as the uh, Leafeon VMAX builds. Um, I think just being able to lock a couple Pokemon into the active um, with higher retreat cost is pretty strong. Um, so I have it a little higher than you did, but that's just because, you know, like I said, in theory on that, I feel like it should be a little higher. Um, it's because you played against by Spidop's Leafy on list. That's why. <laughs> that's true, and I was playing Radiant Zard in Oinkalone, so you know that yeah, that does that felt bad. Yeah, that helps a little bit. Um, but then also, like I mentioned earlier, I've got the um, Kiram and Palkia in tier two. Um, I did put the Coridon and the Great Tusk uh, just because I thought the list was cool. But as you said in your testing, it wasn't as good as you thought it was. Um, I've got the Lost uh, Lost Zard in the Tier 2, and then also the Inteleon Urshifu deck. Um, I think that deck is really cool, but I do think, um, like we mentioned earlier, with the fact that it's a bunch of three prizers, um, I do think it's a little weaker. Yep. I, I really don't have any disagreements here. I'd love to see Leafy on Spide Ops land in Tier 2, and I'd also like to see Control be up in Tier 2 as well. Especially if it's like you're locked in the active with spite ops and you know you delete a bunch of special energy off the field with eveltal and then thornton and switch into um was it the wiglet and then evolve into wug trio you already have the double colorless fulfillment for the cry of destruction and then you just attach one more flip a coin discard you know three to nine cards off the top of your opponent's deck i don't think realistically that that's going to be a way to go but you know, Control loves to just toy with Mew, and I think that it would be very fun to see something like that happen. So yeah, go ahead. I, tier two. I think you just leaked uh, Sanders' list. No, 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 no. I didn't leak nothing. <laughs> um, all right, so two point five. Um, I've got Arcdura. Like we mentioned, not a ton of special energies in the format right now, so it just loses a lot because it doesn't have a lot to go against. Um, we got Gengar. If it gets going, it hits big numbers, but that's the thing. you got to get it going. Um, I have Ampharos. Like you said, there's just better lightning decks. Um, I do have the um, Shadow Rider Calyrex in 2.5. I think Path really hinders this deck a lot, and a lot of people, uh, the way people are playing this deck right now is with that Radiant Eternatus. Um, I don't know. I just... I haven't seen anything that warrants me putting it higher, unfortunately. Um, so that's why it's in that list. Um, I do have the Lugia and Rapid Strike in 2.5. Um, I definitely actually think after you know hearing you talk about it for just a quick 
bit that could definitely go a lot lower. You know, the fact that it's paired with Lugia, um, you don't have anything to recycle those energies. So yeah, it just uh, gets a lot less strong. Um, Dark Ray, I, ha I have here as well. Um, on paper, it looks like it should be higher, but in testing that I've seen people do, just it's always kind of been a little lackluster. Not saying this format, it doesn't break through, but until I see something different, I have it in my 2.5. Same thing with Rotom V-Star. Um, I haven't seen anything or even heard rumblings about this. Um, so it's kind of lower, but I don't think it's tier three. I think it just has yet to be shown that it's, you know, shouldn't be there. Um, again, like you said, with single strike, uh, you're accelerating energies and making yourself weaker. That just is not good, especially with psychic running around. Um, and then I do want to finish this off with the Palkium or Palkium, <laughs> Palkia and Ice Rider um, VMAX. Uh, again, I think the damage cap is just what hinders that for me um, a little bit more than the uh, Kiram in the tier above it. Yep, I I have no real disagreements here. Tier two point five is still super respectable, um, in in my opinion. Having Ampharos uh, in the same spot as me, uh, even with us at not really being able to play it because it's going to be like a promo, uh, is just saying a lot. Speculative uh, from afar. I have it built. It looks a lot of like a lot of fun, but realistically, we have. No idea what its true capabilities are. Evolving from Dynamotor, Dynamotor Flaffy is sick, but you can only play so many Mareeps in a deck. And if you've ever played Flaffy Box, you need your Mareeps to accelerate and evolve into energy acceleration, not into attackers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Tier 3. Yep, and then, um, so I ended my tier at Tier 3. I kind of uh, grouped it together for me, like I said, since I haven't had a lot of um, time to practice decks or watch any videos on anything uh, it made it easier than me having to try to piece these even further apart but in tier three um i have arcanine like we said i just think it's not great at the moment um i do have uh bayonet uh, ex in here just because again item lock just got so much weaker lunatone soul rock i i wanted to play this deck as a meme deck for a little bit just to make people hate me but at the end of the day, I just don't think it's a strong deck whatsoever. Zoro Box, I have down here, um, like I said, loses Twin Energy, so I think it loses quite a bit. It does gain the EXs, but I just losing those Twin Energies is a huge hit to it. Uh, Flaffy Box, like I said, I think it loses a lot. Uh, Palkia, Gardevoir, Kyogre just sounds like a pile to me, so that's why that's there. <laughs> and then Zoroark, like I said, from personal local friends' experience... Um, and just the the rough starts they had and the whiffing and on paper it looks like it should should go burr and it has never really gone burr uh and any times i've seen it played uh puts it in tier three for me but uh like i said i could also with the meta slowing down i could also very easily be proven wrong on that one yeah uh i will have to say though the the palkia kyogre uh gardevoir deck it it hits it hits like a brick it's like the only deck where you could realistically play cheryl and continue attacking with palkia um in any build so keep it on your radar because it, it's good it's very good okay um but yeah that that wraps it up for these two um you know hit us up on pcs underscore pod on twitter if you want to tell us how wrong we are especially me uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, this is just looking from the outside in. Now, we've seen Japanese results, and they've been 
nothing short of inconsistent. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can't really put your finger on what the BDIF is. Obviously, things are going to take up a ton of the meta share, but that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't something that's currently in our format that gets immediately buffed by things that are being added to our new standard. So uh, with that being said, we're going to go move on to the card spotlight. And this is going to be kind of our uh, rendition of a set review. Justin and I have both picked four cards. Some are good, some are bad, and some just aren't ready to break the meta in terms of play. Uh, but I think I'll go first with my first card. We've been talking about this a lot lately. And it's Spidops EX. It evolves from Tarantula. 260 HP. It is a grass-type Pokemon with the ability Trap Territory. Your opponent's active Pokemon's retreat cost is one colorless more, and this ability does stack. It has an attack for one grass and one colorless called Wire Hang for 90 damage. And this attack is 30 more damage for each colorless in your opponent's active Pokemon's retreat cost. Weak to fire, unfortunately, and a retreat cost of two. At face, when I looked at this card first, I was like, oh man, you're going to be stuck in the active too. But the ability only affects your opponent's active Pokemon, which I think is incredibly strong. Now, obviously getting four of these out so that Leafeon or even Spidops can hit large numbers is risky because you're putting a whole bunch of two prizes in play but in proxy playtesting i have found that spite ops ex is not as much of a liability as i thought it was i think that the wire hang attack is very respectable playing things like gardenia's vigor to be able to accelerate two spite ops is incredibly strong and i really really have a liking to this card particularly yeah i agree i actually agree um i i do like this card i plan to build leafy on the spite ops i think it's just I don't know if it's going to be really strong by any means, but I think it can definitely work its way through. Like you said, being weak to fire and the fact that Radiant Zard is out there kind of sucks a little bit, but at the same time, um, the fact that it stacks as well as... um, I I don't know. I I think the fact that it stacks makes this card really strong, and for being a Stage 1 and having 260, it's got a really good HP for being a Stage 1, so... Um, I do like this, and the fact that you can also attack with it in the Leafeon Spide Ops build, um, if you have to, makes it also really strong too. It's not just like a great ability and a horrible attack. It actually can do damage that increases with the increased um, retreat cost. So I do like this as well too. Um, it's something that I'm definitely working on picking up the, uh, they're not art, the art rares or whatever they are, whatever the new the new one is with Scyther. Yeah, they're it. like the character art rares. You don't want the full arts that looks like it has beans in the background. I actually thought about <laughs> it just because I the fact it looks like beans, but I'm like, nah, it's got Scyther. Scyther is my favorite Pokemon, so I got to get those. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, go ahead and talk about your card, buddy. Yeah, um, I chose Oinkalone EX. Um, like I said, this was the first deck I kind of I have built um, for this format. Uh, I like it. Uh, Oinkalone EX is 260 HP. Stage 1 evolves from uh, Lichonk. For 1 close energy, Maddening Scent, 10+. plus. This attack does 30 more damage for each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. And for 3 colorless energies, Heavy Stomp is 210. Flip a coin if tails during your next turn. This Pokemon can't attack. Uh, weak to Fighting and Retreat of 2. Um, I like this card because um, the fact that Sharon's Care and Cheryl still exist in this format... Um, as well as full face guard and V guard energy means this thing is incredibly hard to knock out. Um, and you can just pick it up and loop it. Um, I do think it has inherent problems as I found out in our few webcam games. 
you can kind of can your opponent can control how much damage you're really doing by just not playing down a ton on the bench if they don't need to um, and that is where you go in with the heavy stomp but the caveat of it potentially not being able to attack next turn um, does make it a little hard especially if your opponent's kind of in a position where they're just not going to attack you if you flip a tails and that gives them an extra turn to set up so um, I like it I have not found something that is super um, convincing yet uh, what do you think Drew? Oh man, Link alone just because it's colorless and gets to use Sharon's care is so much fun. Uh, even I played the mirror, and <laughs> in my list I was playing four Cheryl and four Sharons. I drawing cards was not easy for me. Let me make that abundantly clear. It's terrible to try to draw when your supporters are only healing cards. Uh, but at the same time. I felt like I was giving myself enough of an advantage to just continue recycling pigs. At the same time, though, I have to put down a fresh pig every turn, or I have to cycle between three pigs, and that becomes really hard to keep track of. You can't sequence very well when that happens. Uh, playing the f uh, three full face guard, I think it was, um, is really cool. I think that the deck could probably survive with two if you're just going to preserve them the whole time, which gives you more space to do other things in the deck. In your build, you had the Squabbit, which was really cool. It made your Bieberels a lot more impactful. Uh, but Oink Alone, just, it's right there. It almost needs powerful colorless energy from the previous format to really do that high output of damage. But I think between things like, um, Maybe Silene and Palpad, this Oink alone could find a home doing that late game, I don't die rotation type of deal. Yeah, and after since we've played, I actually updated quite a bit because you were able to heal my deck. Um, so I added obviously a little more healing, a little more looping. Um, but I think it can also benefit from things like we talked about, like the Radiant Zard in there. Um, if they, your opponent is able to take out uh, you know, an Oink alone or two, um, you can come in and swing big numbers with Radiant Zard. Um, and something I found that actually helped in some testing was I actually included Lucky Energy in mind. So um, when you're getting hit, you're actually able to draw an additional card and then you just you know pick it back up with Sharon's Care and things like that. So um, I think that was a really cool um, inclusion in there just because it is helps you see one, one more card. Um, and then if it is still something you don't need, you just scrub it down to the bottom of the deck and draw more with the barrel. Um, very cool, but like I said, until it proves itself a little more i think it's cool but it's it's still like we talked about in that kind of mid mid tier 2 to 2.5 but i want it to be tier 1 exactly big pig for the win yes all right so my next card i'm going to talk about in this one super unorthodox and it's been under wraps but since people have let the cat out of the bag on twitter it's time to talk about it it's the new slow bro from scarlet violet this thing is really cool it evolves from Slowpoke. It's got 100 HP. It's a water-type Pokemon. The ability, Strange Behavior, as often as you like during your turn, you may move one damage counter from one of your other Pokemon to this Pokemon. Where have we seen this before? The Gengar in Sander's list, where you could move damage counters off of one Pokemon onto another. And we don't have Scoop Up Net in the format, so unfortunately that damage doesn't go away. But... The slow row being able to drag a bunch of damage counters off of things like Gudra in like an Arc Gudra build is kind of sick. This card also has a really good partner in the Go Slowbro that can allow you to 
take two prizes if your opponent has one prize left. And in playtesting, if you are letting one Arceus, one single prizer, and one Gudra go down, you're forcing a prize trade where they either have to go after a two prizer that they may or may not be able to knock out in the form of Gudra, or take a single prizer and then you come in with Gudra or Arceus to close a game. Or you just take two prizes if they leave the Slowbro on the bench. So the combo with this card is really sick. The ability to stay consistent and use this card is non-existent, but it's still something to definitely keep on your radar. Justin. Yeah, the first thing I uh, noticed with this card is actually the text is pretty much a reprint of the Fossil Slowbro from back in the day, um, which is kind of cool that they, they paid homage to that. Um, the... I think a good combo with this, though, is like something like a Collapse Stadium, so you can put a bunch of damage on it and then get rid of it. Uh, it doesn't say that you can't knock itself out either, so realistically, if you're trying to preserve a two-prizer, you could put the damage counters on itself and knock itself out if you really wanted and to. Force that, and force that awkward prize trade Yeah, it, that makes them take five prizes, and then you take two prizes if they have one left. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind of interesting in that um, that aspect. I didn't really think of anything like that. I actually had thought, I, I think the original early translations, I thought I saw something where it couldn't knock itself out, which makes it a little different, but... Yeah, all-around interesting card, to uh, say the least. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's uh, very cool. It's not the next meta card, but it's definitely something to keep on your radar for something in terms of control or a Gudra build of sorts. But yeah, the Slowbro is sick. And we'll go ahead and talk about your card, buddy. Yeah, so I chose Wug Trio, the Stage 1 uh, 90 HP Pokemon. For one water, it does Headbutt for 30 for three colorless, it does Undersea Tunnel, flip three coins for each heads, discard the top three cards of your opponent's deck, weak to lightning, and retreat of two. Um, I chose this card purely because I think it actually, you know, other than the three energy cost, I think it could be a really cool potential mill card. We haven't really seen too much mill um, as of recent other than Durant, uh, but this coming in I think could be a really interesting chance for mill to come in obviously flipping coins for it kind of sucks but uh with three coins you're more than likely gonna hit at least one or two um and you know even if you hit if you hit two that's six cards to mill that's pretty crazy right now so um that's why i chose this other than that i mean it's level ball searchable um you can get it back with rescue carrier so you can continuously loop bug trios um other than that though it's average what are your thoughts drew uh, so I played against this on PTCG Live, which is still not very fun to play. Let me uh, let me put that out there real quick. Uh, but someone was playing Zorobox with Wug Trio and Cherim and other attackers and single prize flavored things. So you can accelerate those three energy onto a non-rule box Pokemon like Wug Trio and attack very consistently and rotate your... Um, your Zoroarks to just consistently become Wug Trios, Miriam the evolution lines back in, Clara your Zoroarks back onto the bench, or your Zeruas, and it was not very fun to play against. Even if they rolled three tails, um, I was not necessarily struggling, but I was having a hard time finding out the combo to stop this deck from milling me, 
And I was playing Mirrodon, and that was not fun at all. Where you dig through your so, deck like crazy, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, not only that, but if I miss on my generator, and then you mill five lightning away from me, or six lightning away from me, it just sucks. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's a third of my energy, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's very sneaky, and it's not to be trifled with, because you will go through your resources very fast. Um, and I did not win. Let me just make that abundantly clear. It was, uh, it milled me out and then took two prizes at the end of the game with Slowbro. So <laughs> it was very scary. So yeah, Wug Trio is not to be trifled with. It's not ready for the format yet, but it is, it's scary. Um, my next card is Pachirisu. I don't know why I have this, uh, you know, love for this card, but as a single prizer, has 70 HP, it's a lightning type, basic Pokemon with the ability of electricity pouches. This Pokemon can't be paralyzed. That's the size of the point. Uh, for one lightning and one colors, it does everybody discharge or everyone discharge. Does 10 damage and this attack does 20 more damage for each of your benched lightning Pokemon. This attack isn't affected by weakness, which kind of stinks because it would be nice if it traded out with Cram a little bit better. But nonetheless, you're really comboing this with the Regilecki VMAX. So if you're already doing 20 times 5, which is all of your Lightning Bench Pokemon in Mirrodon, you know, you're doing 110 damage, uh, plus the 30-30 from uh, the Regieleki VMAXs, which hits for, uh, what is it, an 170. And as a single prizer hitting that hard for just having Bench Pokemon, it's a pretty solid trade-out. Uh, what are your thoughts? No, I, I like this card um, quite a bit. Uh, and you played it in your Mirrodon deck, um, which I, I liked as a single prize Pokemon that can either poke or take a um, just a, another knockout of one prize without leaving a two prize or a three prize in the active. I do like that aspect. Um, the fact that it isn't affected by weakness kind of sucks. But other than that, um, I do like this card uh, quite a bit for Mirrodon. I think that's the spot for it right now. Um, maybe seeing it in a Lost Box variant if they needed a Lightning Attacker, um, or if they're already playing Lightning Energies and you're having a full the, bench. Yeah, the issue is it's not affected by weakness, so there's no need to put it in. Yeah, I guess know, that's true, because like Cram is box. just better at that point. Yeah, it only does more damage for Lightning Bench Pokemon, too. So that's Oh, yeah, never mind. So box, then which... it completely erased what I just said. Yeah, but it's not affected by par paralysis, so maybe it does have a spot in Lost Box. <laughs> no, um, it's it is what it is. It's it's just a cool single prize uh, single prize trade card. I don't think it's going to see a whole lot of play in the next format, though. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's I do think it's cool, but um, yeah, again, being capped out at one ten is kind of. Eh. Yeah, yeah, you have to power it up with the Reggie Lucky V Maxes. That's that's the the key combo for this card. Uh, and go ahead and talk about your next card. I am going to kick this cat out of my room again. <laughs> yeah. So next up, I have uh, Rever Room, Stage One, 140 HP. Uh, the ability Rumbling Engine. You must discard an energy card from your hand in order to use this ability. Once during your turn, you may draw cards until you have six cards in your hand. Um, for a metal and three colorless, knockaway is 90 plus. Flip a coin, if heads, this attack does 90 more damage. Weak to fire, resistance to grass, and retreat of two. Uh, so I actually think this card hasn't really seen its potential yet. Um, I like it because the ability 
is very interesting. The fact that you can discard an energy card from your hand, and it can be any energy card, but realistically you probably want to do it basic, um, and draw up to six, I think is really strong. I think the place that this should get paired is something like Darkrai. So you can play mm -hmm. your hand down, you can play your dark patches, uh, things like that. You're discarding the energy to then use your dark patch to get back, but then you're also building your hand back up. So since Darkrai is losing things like its Crobats that were to be able to help it to redraw and everything like that, uh, I think this is a good replacement for that. Um, its attack for four energies I think is pretty irrelevant um, at the moment. I just think this is a really interesting support Pokemon. Like I said, we haven't really seen... Um, seen its place yet. Yeah, this would have been really fun with Metal Saucer just because it does become an attacker if you can accelerate metal energy onto it, given that it is a metal type. Uh, but nonetheless, I think Darkrai is the real home for this card, like you said. Um, parting ways with the energy that you're already going to recover. Uh, and it's that much easier to get your cross-switcher combos if you're digging six cards into your deck every time you draw. Or not six cards deeper, but drawing until you have six every time you draw um, is just so gangster. Like, it is realistically the only home for it right now until people don't want to play the refinement Curlia in Gardevoir, but that just seems redundant. Like, that's so silly uh, because you want to accelerate the energy from the discard with Gardevoir, but there's no better draw, in or draw engine in that deck than refinement, so there's that. Yeah, exactly, and you need you obviously need the Curlias for that deck to be able to evolve into the Gardevoirs and stuff. But yeah, I just I wanted to mention this one because I I do think it's a very interesting and in certain scenarios very powerful card um, that we just haven't seen a lot of people talk about or play at the moment. And I think um, it's only an event or two away from having its time to shine and actually uh, making an appearance. Um, I've heard people talk about this in GLC as well too. Um, what should mm -hmm. be a really cool inclusion in the metal decks there. Yep, definitely. And then my last card is a supporter card, and it's Arvin. Uh, Arvin allows you to search your deck for an item card and a Pokemon tool card, because they're different now, and reveal them and put them into your hand and shuffle your deck. So this is really cool because you can go grab the Electricity Generator and the Forest Seal Stone to really make sure you get the energy attachment one way or another other instances it'll let you grab the choice belt if you need to act, knock out a v in the active it'll let you get the exp share if you're pending a knockout to let the energy fall back onto something on the bench it's just so multifaceted i love cards like this and irida that let you just go grab this and that um, because there's so many specific combos that you can cater your deck building to to make this supporter so worthwhile what are your thoughts? I agree. I think we're going into a format right now where there's going to be a lot of tool cards specifically. So the fact that you can actually have a card that searches those out um, in general and then also an item so you can get yourself set up with something like a level ball or ultra ball or whatever it may be, capturing aroma. Um, I do think it's really strong. Um, I obviously um, in Oink Alone play this so I can get the full face cards as well as something like a level ball or an ultra ball. Um, depending on what I need at the time, because it is just such a good card to be able to find those few one-of tool cards that we have in the deck. So I like this card a lot. Yep, yep, for sure. Go ahead and talk about your last card, buddy. Yep, in my last card, I chose uh, Mesagoza, the stadium card. Once during each player's turn, that player may flip a coin. If heads, that player searches their deck for a Pokemon, reveals it, and puts it into their hand. Then that player shuffles their deck. Um, 
I think it's an okay card. Um, I wanted to talk about it because um, it's seeing a lot of play in things like Lugia right now. Um, it seems like a lot of people are failing on it more than they are succeeding on it, which kind of sucks. Um, and the fact that it helps your opponent is kind of a downside as well. But it is just one more thing that is a potential Pokemon search for you um, if you need it. And the fact that it goes to your hand makes it very powerful if you need to do something like grab a Luminion for a supporter or things like that. So um, I think it's good and bad of a card because of the fact it helps your opponent, but it also just helps you get set up that much more if you manage to flip heads. I like Mesagoza specifically in Lugia because, you know, turn one, let's say you get an Archaeops in the discard pile. You put down Mesagoza, you go grab yourself, if you flip correctly, uh, you go grab yourself the V-Star or the second Archaeops that you need. I watched a video of someone who, you know, it's their second turn, they're able to evolve this turn. They mess it goes up, they grab the second Archaeops, they Ultra Ball it away, they go grab the Lugia V-Star, they put two Archaeops down at the bench, accelerate energy onto the Lugia, attack with Lugia, and then delete the Mesagoza so their opponent realistically has no rebuttal whatsoever. So attacks that delete the stadium, yes, I think Mesagoza is very solid. But other than that, it's there just are better stadiums in the format right now, but right now Mesagoza seems pretty good for a deck like that. Yeah, and I actually forgot about that aspect too, that Lugia could literally knock it out once you get set up. So yeah, so then it doesn't even affect your opponent. So I think that is the better home for that than really any other deck right now. Yeah, I guess Great Tusk could bedrock breaker it away, but I don't think that Mesagoza uh, <laughs> belongs in the uh, Corridon EX deck. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this little set review we did. There are a lot of other good cards in Scarlet Violet, and I'm very excited to see them showcased at EYC uh, this upcoming weekend, so we'll just have to hold out for that. But while we're waiting on that format to be played, we have a whole other format to talk about during the news. The rest of Clayburst and Snow Hazard has been released, and we're going to talk about some notable cards from that release. The first one's going to be Slowking EX, 270 HP, Psychic-type Pokemon. We have so much Psychic support in these sets. It's absolutely bonkers. Uh, it evolves from Slowpoke. It has the Terrestrial trait, which means it doesn't take any damage while it's on the bench. For one Psychic, it does Profound Knowledge, 30 damage, and your opponent's active Pokemon is now Confused. And for two Psychic, it does Wisdom Headbutt for 130 damage. And you search your deck for any two cards, put them in your hand, and then shuffle your deck. Weak to dark, resistant to fighting, and a retreat cost of three. We've seen this before. Togekiss, Magnazone. They're good, but they're not great. This card, the real benefit that it has is that it evolves from Slowpoke, which can also turn into the uh, Slowbro that we talked about that can move damage counters off of it. Or it can evolve into the Go Slowbro that allows you to take two prizes if your opponent has one prize left, force an awkward prize trade, do the thing, heal with the Slowbros, call it a day, but it just doesn't hit that good of numbers. What are your thoughts? I was going to say the exact same thing. It's a really cool card, and the fact that you can search for any two cards I think is really strong, but the fact that <laughs> Iono comes out in the same set that this does um, pretty much nulls that ability or that that effect out because everyone's going to be playing Iono when it comes out. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think its biggest characteristic is the fact that it can be played with those slow bros. So 
If you are playing this as the EX deck and your opponent happens to take a couple knockouts, then you just go back in with the um, Go Slowbro and you say, hey, I, I win. So, uh, or I take two prize cards. So hopefully you're winning at that point. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's a very cool card and ability, but the fact Iono comes out in the same set, I think it pushes it down a little bit for me. I tend to agree. Uh, the next card is going to be Spidops. This is a not Robox card. Stage 1, evolves from Tarantula, 110 HP, Grass-type Pokemon, 2 Grass Energy. It does Entertainment Trap, I think. Yep, or yeah. Sure, why not? Entrate, Entrapment Trap, I think that's what it's called. Eh, whatever. It'll translate differently when it's English. <laughs> but for 2 Grass... Each player shuffles their active Pokemon and all cards attached to it into their deck. Then you choose a new active Pokemon first. So in the future Eveltal controls, they use the Spidops EX to stick things in the active. Now you have a Spidops that can shuffle active Pokemon that took a bunch of stuff to set up back into the deck. This is going to be really bad against things like Gardevoir EX. Because they have all the energy on one attacker, you're putting it all back in the deck. And if they don't have any refinement Curlia's left, they can't put that energy back into the discard pile. So I think this is sick. And then for three grass, it does hammer in for 130 damage, but no one's going to play this card for that. Weak to fire, two retreat cost. Justin, thoughts? I actually really like this. Um, I The first thing I thought when I saw this was doing it as like a late game um, addition in a the... Uh, Leafeon builds, uh, just for the pure sake that if you take a couple knockouts um, and say they do potentially only have like their active Pokemon left, and like, oh, you won't be able to knock this out. It's my lone Oink alone, and you're not reducing damage, and you go, cool, evolve, Guardian's Vigor to it, shuffle in the deck, you're benched out now. Um, I think that's just a really cool one of inclusion that could potentially um, take a lot of cheesy <laughs> wins, honestly. Um, for that aspect. We've seen a couple things like this in the past with, I think it was Noctowl that shuffled uh, your act, your opponent's active and itself back into the decks. Um, and it was no, by no means a incredibly OP card, but it definitely, if you weren't prepped for it, it could, it could take some wins, that's for sure. So, I don't know. I think this is really cool. Um, just as a, you know, spicy little tech and something like that. If, you know, if you get in that situation where they only have a single active pokemon yep i agree i think as a one of it's solid as a deck catered to it i'm not sure how i would build it yet but there's definitely a world where it can be played uh, next card we're going to talk about is noivern ex it is a dragon type pokemon we have dragon type pokemon back in the new standard format coming with Clayburst and snow hazard so that's a really good sign i thought that they were just going to phase them out again for no reason and here we are. So Noivern EX, 260 HP, Dragon type. Has a really cool attack um, for two colorless covert flight, 70 damage. And during your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by attacks from basic Pokemon. And then for one psychic and one dark, it does dominant echo, 140 damage. During your opponent's next turn, they can't play any special energy or stadium cards from their hand. Weakness, none. Resistance, none. Retreat cost, none. This is going to be great in Dredgy Drago. It has that control-esque feel where you're finally able to put specific matchups at bay 
Yes, you're still going to have to get this evolution Pokemon into the discard pile, but I really do think that this was the tilting card that that deck needed to be just a half tier better. Thoughts? I agree. Um, Aaron, Aaron from the Discord is going to be so happy with this card um, in Reggie Drago because um, that's the first thing I thought whenever I saw this was um, it has two attacks that are actually really relevant. That first one, even though it's only doing 70 damage, if you're going against the basic deck basic pokemon deck uh that's just kind of your win condition right there and then if you're playing against a pure special energy deck um you know that's not lugia that accelerates from the deck um the dominant echo for 140 damage and they can't play it i mean we saw that being so strong in with the shadow rider uh v being able to do not shadow mist but or no yeah it was shadow mist for 10 this is doing 140 damage and doing the exact same thing so yeah i just think this gives Reggie Drago a very big leg up in uh, when Clayburst comes out. Yep, I tend to agree. I think that's realistically its only implication, or application, if you will. Uh, but nonetheless, it's still very, very powerful. Because Ice Q does 70 damage, and it changed the way that people played different, like Lost Box and uh, Palkia and stuff like that. Just because, you know, you're not doing a whole lot of damage, but you're stopping things like Reggie's from playing the game yeah exactly you know, I, I don't i don't think rope was in reggie's until ice cube came around yeah yeah exactly ice cube is the reason why ropes were put in and then of course flying pika but yeah you know i digress uh but yeah super super strong card and the last one we're going to talk about there were a lot of cards that released but these ones seemed the most impactful to the game uh therapy energy special energy as long as this card is attached to a pokemon it provides colorless energy uh, the Pokemon card this is attached to can't be put to sleep, confused, or paralyzed, uh, or poisoned. If it's affected by a special condition, it recovers from that special condition. That's really sick. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. Yeah. The fact that it heals all those conditions, uh, it's great. Yeah, just an extra useful special energy that you can put in Oink alone. And it doesn't get... Uh, detached right afterwards like spiral energy did yeah take that <laughs> now now lugia is good finally <laughs> finally <laughs> yes all right so that wraps it up for everything from Clayburst and snow hazard that were worth mentioning we're gonna move on to listener question uh this question is for drew and justin what are both of your favorite starting pokemon justin you go first oh man so i am old school uh obviously by my retro decks and stuff like that you guys can tell so um for me gen one uh i was a bulbasaur uh person when the game was out i just i don't know what it was i liked bulbasaur the best out of all the starters i think for me charizard was a little overhyped blastoise was cool but i don't know i just like the uh the 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 uh, evolution of Venusaur. I thought it was really cool. So that was my starter. If I had to choose from Gen two, um, it was Totodile because I think Feraligatr was really badass. So that's that would be my second choice, honestly. Yeah, uh, I'm very much so in the same camp. I'm a Bulbasaur starter myself. Uh, Sprigatito has grown on me because I like cats. I like grass Pokemon, so it makes sense to me. But Bulbasaur is still. Number one in my book, uh, you know, if Wooper was a starting Pokemon, obviously, 
that would be my choice, but that's not a thing. So yeah, it's Bulbasaur for me too. Thanks for the question. And if you guys have any other questions for the PCS pod, make sure you hit up our Twitter at PCS underscore pod. Patreon Discord update. Our first webcam locals is on Wednesday, April 26th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, standard format, proxy legal. Yeah, very cool. Hope to see you guys there. This month's giveaway is going to be our very first PCS podcast dad hat. Something I've been working on behind the scenes for a while. I'm very excited to give it away to our very first I mean, not our very first, but give the very first one away to one of our uh, Patreon members. So make sure you are in our Patreon to be a part of this giveaway. Winner will be announced during the locals on Wednesday, April 26th at 6 p.m. We'll see you there. Yeah, I hope to be there. Hopefully work will slow down a little bit by then for me. Yeah, we will see. And that being said, we'll make our predictions for EUIC. This is going to be the wild, wild west of picking decks to win a brand new format that we haven't really seen played all that competitively quite yet other than on an online platform that doesn't work 100 percent of the time <laughs> justin what are your thoughts what's winning to you i see uh i'm gonna go really safe pick honestly um and i'm gonna go a lost box variant um i don't have any specifics in mind but I do think Giratina is really strong with being able to just delete something off the board. Um, but I also think just the pure basic versions of the deck are also really strong. And then also the ones that are playing all the multicolored Vs like Drapion, um, Raikou, Zapdos, Sky Sealstone. Let's go that one. I'm going to do that version's going to win. The Sky Sealstone, Drapion, Zapdos, Raikou, Box, um, Lost Box. Yeah, so it's like a weakness take four prize box. Yeah, yeah. I can see that happening for sure. Um, I'm going to go with something super vanilla. Um, Arc Flying Peak with Alolan Vulpix. I think that that just has enough answers for enough things in the format to keep Things at bay, Alolan Vulpix having an incredibly favorable matchup against things like Gardevoir, because everything in that deck has an ability. Melanie is incredibly strong at Arceus decks, and being able to almost promise yourself that turn one Arceus, and a lot of good decks coming into the format don't want Path in play, and I think Arceus can play around that very handily. And then you just fly and peek the times that you don't need the Vulpix and just keep all the single prizes at bay. So, you know, people have played enough Arceus in the, pre- in the previous formats to have the repetition to make it very successful. Now they can't play it with Dan, so it's obviously not going to be very good. But, yeah, I think that that is probably going to be my very vanilla pick for EUIC. Well, and Vulpix is, if I remember correctly, that's weak to steel, not lightning, right? That is correct. Okay, so they can't even try to go, like, Maridon can't try to go with just the Regilecki V and, like, hit for weakness and take a one-hit knockout. So, yeah, that's that's actually pretty... I think that's not a bad call um, because Maridon's almost all ability-based Pokemon as well, too, and then Lost Box is full of ability-based Pokemon, so, yeah. Yeah, precisely. And, like, you don't want the abilities gone, don't put down Path. And, you know, it, I think it's got, I think it's got more positives going for it than negatives. But I also think that at the end of the day, it is an Arceus deck. You will eventually miss energy and you will lose the game. So uh, that's just the way that that works. 
So uh, with that being said, Justin, go ahead and plug the show. All right, guys. If you guys want to find me on Twitter, my handle is PokeBrewsTCG. And if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is PokeBrews. Instagram is the easiest way to reach me. On both socials, you can find my Linktree account where you can find things like my TCG Player affiliate link. Um, If you use that link, any shopping you do directly supports the show and upcoming regionals expenses, all while costing you nothing extra. Um, I appreciate all you guys that ended up using the link for your pickups for Scarlet and Violet. Um, Like I said, really appreciate that helps for NAIC coming up. Um, You can also find things like our PCS podcast official merchandise by Bonfire. That link is bonfire.com slash stores slash PCS pod. We'll also have a Twitch channel uh, where we will be live streaming the pod every week, as well as doing some tabletop games. Uh, as soon as that gets going, I know it's, um, I've talked about it a bunch, but I promise it's almost there. Um, and you guys can find that at twitch.tv slash pcspod. Um, and on to you, Drew. All right. And if you want to find any of my stuff, I'm on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at KatanaTCG. Um, when it comes to Ultimate Guard, make sure you're sleeping up your favorite deck and storing your collection in the premium accessories provided by Ultimate Guard. The easiest way to get your hands on the full line of their current collection is Amazon.com, or you can win some stuff by playing in our events and partaking in our monthly giveaway. And make sure you're joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Being a part of our Patreon means you get entrance to the monthly giveaway as well as entrance to the PCS locals. And that is it for the show just to sign us off we'll see you guys after EUIC see ya